Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. Yo, Mo B, man, drop that shit. You are listening to Milagro, baby. Milagro Grams. International Nino. Mia. Nigga Millie. Can we mob You know what time to do. Yeah, I know what it's time to do. Hey, it's Milagro Grams again, and I know you're wondering how I stay calm with all these intense situations and all of this different work that I have to do. Well, the answer is in the BioMD Plus pre-roll. I've tried all kinds of different pre-rolls because I am Milagro Grams. I have to have the best, and what I found is none of them give me the effects that the BioMD Plus pre-rolls give me. So one of the great things about this company is the fact that it uses 100% Colorado hemp. These fill the pre-rolls and they are hand trimmed, okay, with non-irritated flowers to ensure the best quality. You want a top-notch product, so you have to make sure that you come to BioMD Plus. All of my people that are trying to have a better environment and live healthier lives, you're going to love this product because it's pesticide-free and completely vegan. And to ensure the best quality, these joints were tested in the third-party lab and certified to prove its quality and consistency. You can never go wrong with these pre-rolls. And who doesn't like options? There are four different flavors to choose from. So you have Suva Haze, you have Hawaiian Haze, The Lifter, and Sour Space Candy. And a little secret, my favorite is Hawaiian Haze. But all of them have such an amazing aroma and they all do the same thing. Help you to relax and decompress. Don't forget to visit BioMDPlus.com to check out all of their amazing CBD products. They'll make a huge difference in your life, I promise. Ever since I started taking these products, I have not looked back and you won't either. Thank me later. All right, you guys, it is Friday, November 13th, Friday the 13th, Freaky Friday, whatever you want to call it. I call it payday. <laughs> Little baby said, let me get on BioMD. It's Friday. You better go up there and get you a sale. Absolutely. So I hope that y'all are doing okay. Y'all know that I'm getting sick. And so why am I not resting, drinking fucking tea and shutting the hell up? Well... Y'all know, bitch. I'ma show up regardless. I was gonna do that anyway. So we gonna get into some shit. We gonna talk about it. We gonna absolutely have you guys call in. I had so much fun, you guys, with the Millie Bucks sweepstakes. If y'all are over on Station Head, then y'all know what's up. If y'all listen intently to the show and you come on over to Station Head when I tell y'all, aka Lavish Lane. You could win some money. So you have to listen to the show. You have to be paying attention to the topics. But I'll give you some clues and some hints throughout. Okay? But um, if somebody gets it wrong, I can't ask the same question. So I might have to go and bring up something else. So y'all just make sure that y'all pay attention. And why are we doing this? Because y'all give so much to me. So the more people that come support and y'all are donating, then the pot gets bigger and I can give more money to the people that we giving money to. But at the very least, 
I can sit up and say, if y'all can fuck with me every day, I can at least pick two people a day. And I can run y'all some money, go get y'all some lunch. Okay? Mob Radio does realistic shit. Realistic shit. <laughs> but y'all support me. So it's just a way to um, show some love back. Okay? And so um, different people every time taking calls, having fun, and then we move on and let y'all do y'all, you know, um, commentary. Tell me how y'all feel about shit. So listen, listen, listen. I want to give y'all an update on Kawam. Now we brought up Kawam, and in case you don't know, Kawam Charles is a young man who is being compared to Emmett Till. Okay. And per what we know of that, we would not want any of our family members to be compared to Emmett Till in terms of what ended up happening to Emmett Till. And so that's startling in itself. So let's go ahead and get into an update. Shout out to everybody that let me know, hey, they have a name of the woman and the young boy that came to get, you know, Kawam. This is the information and this is what's going on. Shout out to everybody that, um, you know, hit me up and, and gave me some updates so that I could present it to you guys because we absolutely need to be paying attention, spreading the word, and getting this up everywhere. I don't understand why it's not everywhere. Is it too real? Can y'all not create an agenda around it? What's wrong? What's up? So let's go ahead and get into an update by Up Up News. So the woman who kidnapped Kawam Charles' name is Janet Irvin. They said they have photo and audio. They say that the name of her son is um, Gavin, Gavin Irvin. So this is the young boy right here. They said, oh, I'm reading the caption, but this is Kawam Charles. I thought they were going to comment on him. This is him. So I know that you may have seen the startling picture that's been floating around social media. I did show it yesterday, and I stand by showing that photograph. Um, but this is how he looked, you know, in his, in his regular natural state. So they say that the photo of the woman who allegedly kidnapped Kawam Charles has been circulating on social media, okay? And so they said, repost from a lady off of Facebook, Twitter, do your thing. They said Janet and Gavin Irvin were the last people who saw Kawam Charles alive. And so this is Lafayette mugshot. So obviously she's been arrested before. This is Gavin Irvin right here. So they said that it was a woman and her son that came and picked him up without permission. Let's go ahead and get into what it says. On October 30th, 2020, Janet Irvin and her 17, 17-year-old son took Bobby from his home without his parents' permission. Around 3 p.m. that day, Bobby's mother, Roxanne Nelson, began calling Bobby in an attempt to find out where he was. Around 8 p.m., after no one heard back from him for hours, Bobby's mother and father called 911 to report their son missing and the Baldwin Police Department and West St. Mary Sheriff's Office responded to the residence. So, to pacify the family, law enforcement said that Bobby was probably at a football game and dismissed their fears. So they they fell short from the get-go about that young black man. I don't call you for you to tell me when the fuck somebody might be at. I didn't ask you about that. I don't want to hear about no damn football game, basketball game, baseball game, nothing. Don't even tell me about the Bowls Academy, nothing else. The fuck you think this is? I say he missing. I know how my child behaves. I tried to contact my child and I cannot. Something is wrong. That is why I called you. Because this is a fucking emergency. This is a child. So absolutely not. They need to be sued. Mm -mm. So anyway, 
despite the family's pleas, no Amber Alert was ever issued. Now that ought to make your blood boil because somebody can go missing and within two hours, you can get an alert to your phone. So how is it that they called? All of y'all came out and nobody saw fit to put that alert out so people could be looking for him. Drop the ball again. The next day, the family began their own investigation. On Monday, November 2nd, Bobby's family finally obtained evidence of his whereabouts from a friend. Tragically, on November 3rd, 15-year-old Bobby Charles was found dead in an unidentified wooded area off of Ed Broussard. So no arrests have been made and the coroner has not yet released any information to the family. So quite possibly, had the police done their job and went and searched and went door to door and asked about this young man, they would have been able to find out who he was with and they could have saved his life quite possibly. They could have. But once again, dropped the ball at every turn. Additionally, the police have offered very little information to Bobby's parents regarding their beloved son's heartbreaking death. Due to the lack of transparency, collective indifference, and moral failings of law enforcement, Bobby's family has been forced to undertake the serious financial cost and enormous emotional stress of arranging for an independent autopsy in order to get any answers about Bobby's death. The cost of this independent autopsy was not just financial for Bobby's family. It has greatly worsened uh, the grieving process by delaying when they can put their child to rest. Upon completion of the autopsy, we will inform the public of those findings. In the meantime, we demand the arrest of any party involved in the death of Bobby Charles. Furthermore, we need to know, at the least, the preliminary findings of the coroner as to the cause of death. And we want answers from the Baldwin Police Department as to why an Amber Alert was never issued in the days that this child was missing. We will be here fighting for justice for Bobby every step of the way. That's what they said. And, you know, I can do nothing but echo those sentiments. I think that we all, everything that was said, I think that we all need to make that our priority. And so I hope that y'all paid attention to this story because I will be asking a question about this story. Okay? And so... They said, recording of 15-year-old Kawam Charles' mother talking to another parent about Janet Irvin, the woman who took Kawam away without permission. She says, Janet Irvin, the stepdad and son, were high on mushrooms and the car smelled like bleach. Okay? Let's go ahead and get into it. Give me one second. I want to... Is something... Hold on. <laughs> Hi, this is Roxanne Nelson. You want me to call you? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Mm -hmm. uh, my son is, well, I, don't, I don't know what you want to say, um, but he's not friends with them after, um, after all this stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, well, anyway, to the second story, but he did say whenever they picked up your son, him and his mother, uh -huh. and the stepdad. Well, and then the mother, and my son went to get in her car, but it smelled strong 
because we bleached it. Oh. And then from what I can understand, he told my son that they found your son's body in a sugarcane field behind their house. Oh. So it's oh, like really? they bleached the core because they used the core to go hide the body, your son. Okay, so why is this not national news? Why have they not been fucking arrested? What what the fuck? This is a child. Like, do y'all understand the gravity of this situation? So I absolutely believe they did it. They should be arrested at the very least or brought in uh, under suspicion of murder charges. Y'all need to pull them in. Batty B said I was calling every news station. Y'all want to know something? Y'all always talking about I always got a story. But <laughs> I didn't live the crazy life. And you can verify everything I'm telling you for real. And this shit was on the news. So, okay, get into this real quick. When I was in the sixth grade, I was going to this school called T.H. Rogers. And I was able to go to that school with that school being like far as hell from where I was living because of the fact that I was in the magnet program. So a school bus would come to my elementary school that I went to, which was a few blocks away from my house. And I had been walking by myself, you know, to school since shit, probably the second grade. Yeah, since the second grade. I had been allowed to walk to school by myself. I just had to cut through and get to the main street, which was Houston Avenue, and just take that to the school. Anyway, on my way home one day, walking with one of my friends, this nigga tried to grab me. I got away from him, got into my house, made it in and everything like that. My granny, of course, she calling the police and then she hopped up. She was like, we finna go look for him because I came right in the house and told her. And so she hopped up and my grandpa wasn't even up. That's just how she ride. And so she was like, come on. And so we all got in the car. We riding around while she's calling the police. Okay, boom. You, I had to go through that process of talking to the police, um, doing a sketch with them, da-da-dee-da-da-da. My granny started calling the, uh, po the, the local stations in the neighborhood, or in the city, rather. Do you know that they told her that the story was not big enough? Do you know that? They told her that that story was not big enough. My granny, you know what she did? <laughs> she wrote the fucking president. <laughs> and I'm laughing. But when I tell you, like, I come from a line of women who just do not be with that bullshit. She wrote the president. She wrote everybody. She called everybody she knew. Like, she was just, she just was like, what? Oh, hell no. And then just took it to the max. Took it to the max. And so she did that shit. And then the news came out. And so my whole point in bringing that up is. It's not that these, these local stations and shit. That they don't know what be going on. The same way y'all sit up on social media and be talking. They be looking for stories. They know what be going on. And then you ask yourself. Well why this ain't on the news? It's strategic. They post what the fuck they want to post. They post what they want to post. 
and you got to really, really, really push the issue sometimes. And I'm telling you from experience, after going like to the police and everything, they could see my torn up clothes. They could see the gutter where my shit was. Like, it wasn't no fugazi shit. And so, I'm, it's fucked up. That's why we have to care about the people in our neighborhoods. And we got to raise awareness. And we got to make noise about it. Y'all doing all these blackouts on social media for these different people. Y'all making all these hashtags. Y'all need to make some noise for Kawam Charles. And justice needs to be fucking served. And we need to demand it. We need to demand it. Now, we 15 minutes in, so you know what the fuck that means. It is payday. More money, more money, more money. Are you enjoying the show? Then go ahead and drop something in my cash up on my PayPal because this is an independent operation. This channel is funded by the people for the people. So you going to invest in a nigga or what? Man, did y'all hear how I hit that payday? My voice tired than a bitch. <laughs> But I'm going to fuck with y'all. <laughs> All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into something that had a lot of people disturbed, okay? Shout out to the Savoy Show. On November 9th, pharmaceutical company Pfizer released early results on a COVID-19 vaccine, giving the concert industry much-needed hope that business can resume in 2021. In preparation, Ticketmaster has been working on a framework for post-pandemic fan safety that uses smartphones to verify vaccination status or test results. If approved, here's how it would work. After purchasing a concert ticket, attendees would either need to show proof of vaccination or a negative test result approximately 24 to 72 hours prior to the event, depending on local government requirements. The plan, which is still in the development phase, will rely on three separate components. The Ticketmaster app, third-party health information companies like Clear Health Pass or IBM's Digital Health Pass, and testing and vaccine distribution providers like LabCorp and the CVS Minute Clinic. But once a fan's COVID-19 status is verified, Ticketmaster would issue credentials and the show would go on. Uh Sounds like the mark of the beast to me. Nope. If that's y'all guideline... I guess I'll continue to have virtual concerts like I've been doing and watching this shit on Instagram. Under no circumstances will I be taking that death vaccine that they ass over there trying to pass out. Fuck them concerts. Fuck them performance. Fuck all that bullshit. Did any of them performers give y'all a piece of what the fuck y'all gave them? What the fuck do I mean? I mean all of these people that tune in invested all of, these, uh, all of this money in. Has any of them come up and say, you know what? I'm on a live. Y'all fucking with me. I'm finna send some, some of y'all some money. I know y'all fucked up. Like, shout out to her. H-E-R, her. She, she paid her whole team some money so that they could go chill and sit out. So that they wouldn't have to worry. Because those are the people that was on the road for them. And I'm not saying you gotta come out. You gotta put yourself in a bad spot. But if y'all living like y'all claim, buying all this bullshit that y'all buying and flaunting all on Instagram, why y'all can't help out them people that's sitting up there on y'all lives and going to these concerts and shit like that, putting their life on the line to see y'all ass? The fuck? Mm-mm. I'm not getting that shit. And let's go ahead and get into this right here. This kind of went unnoticed by a lot of people. And so I wanted to read some more about it before I talk to you guys about it. But let's go ahead and get into it. This article was published on November 7th. So the state bar passes a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination recommendation. And that's important. But they passed it. 
And that's important. So the New York uh, State Bar Association on Saturday, once again, that was posted on the 7th of November, they passed a resolution urging the state to consider making it mandatory for all New Yorkers to undergo COVID-19 vaccinations when a vaccine becomes available, even if people object to it for religious, philosophical, or personal reasons. They are saying that you have no reason valid enough for them not to be able to give you that damn shot. This supposed to be the land of the free? Mm-mm-mm. So I just want y'all to stay alert. I want y'all to be paying attention. If y'all see anything coming from another state where, you know, they may be passing shit like that, let me know so that we can talk about it. You know, if y'all want to call in and talk about it, y'all bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. Because that's not okay. And that's a lot of people that don't even know that shit like that is happening. And if it can pass, you know, and get um past that phase for the recommendation, to me, that's very promising that they'll sit up and institute that shit. Absolutely, I feel like they would do it. Mm-mm. All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into this right here, some news about Jeopardy. So you know that Alex Trebek passed away from pancreatic cancer. Shout out to the Jasmine brand. LeVar Burton, I think that we all love LeVar. Um, did y'all watch Reading Rainbow? I used to watch it. I want to be honest, I hated that show when I was little. But it's something that I appreciated once I got older. You know how sometimes um, the stuff that's supposed to be educational, da, 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 you be like, man, this shit lame. I don't watch that. That's how I felt about Reading Rainbow when I was coming up. But it's something that I absolutely love at this point. So, what he said on Twitter was, even if nothing comes from it, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all y'all's love and support. So, someone created a petition to make LeVar Burton the next host of Jeopardy. And if you would like to sign it, it's on change.org. Um, I don't know if... I don't know how these different people in positions feel about getting tagged all on social media, all on Instagram, all on Twitter, and stuff like that. But um, I, I think that would be a cool fit. I think that would be a really cool fit. So, like he said, even if he doesn't get it, even if nothing comes from it, he appreciates the love. And I think that that attitude is exactly why people feel the way that they feel um, about him. Because he's just so humble. <laughs> All right, you guys, I want to let y'all know about something really, really, really dope. Get into it. Friday the 13th. What y'all got for me, bitch? I don't want to hear nothing about it. I saw that comment talking about it ain't the 15th because I said it was payday. It's some weekly hoes in this house. Don't play with me. I know it's some under the table ass niggas up in my check. Where them boys that ain't paying no taxes? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing with y'all ass. 
Yeah, where my everyday workers at? What where, where my let me cash shot holes at? Yeah. I get paid every week multiple strings. That's why I'm hitting this hoe every Thursday and Friday religiously. I'm not going for the bullshit. I'm not going for the bullshit. Now, don't forget. Don't forget. We giving out some money over on Station Head. Every day we giving out some funds. Get you some lunch at the very least. One day you might be able to get some lunch. One day you might be able to get your nails done. One day you might be able to go to the spa, bitch. I don't know. It depends on how the love going that day. Live and direct. <laughs> Malika say I get paid monthly. Girl. <laughs> look, little baby said you in my business. You you all up in motherfucking mind. Shit, fuck that. She said my SSI ain't hit. Yeah, it hit. It hit and you spent. That's what happened. I don't, I don't want to hit it. I, I grew up off them lies. I don't want no more of that. Dad is still on his way, huh? Want to hear nothing about the SSI check? I ain't hit that whole that whole hit on. Don't nothing else hit on time. That whole hit on time. Who you lying to? <laughs> they said Gina Star, nineteen ninety six, said spa nails with twenty dollars. Let me let me tell you something before I block your bitch ass, Gina Star, nineteen ninety six. You just missed your blessing, hoe. I'm gonna tell you why. I said at the very least. I can say every day I can do $20 giveaways, bitch. Number one, can you? And I said at the very least, depending on the love that is shown, which will make that pot grow, you may be able to do more shit, meaning I would give more. But now you done missed your motherfucking blessing, bitch. You ain't going nowhere now, ho. But on that block list. Block City, you got a new resident because a hoe want to try to be funny in my motherfucking chat. Poof, pow, be gone, ho. Okay? You see how you miss a blessing? I know what the fuck you talking about. You see how you miss a blessing? When you ungrateful? You see what happens? Yeah, yeah. Bitch, I told you not to turn around. Yes, it's gonna turn into a pillow of salt. Turn into guard on these hoes. Bitch, get out my face. <sighs> turn around, you might drown. The fuck up out of here, Gina. Now let's go ahead and get back to the news. As reported by Revolt TV, Nick Cannon is reportedly in talks to bring Wildin' Out back to MTV. Now, as soon as, hell no, I ain't subscribing. As soon as I saw this shit here, I said to myself, what the fuck is your problem? What's your problem? You don't believe in yourself? Them people treated you like a motherfucking dog. You done went out on a press tour sucking you dick and now what they'll take your ass back and what you need the money so you gonna go back this shit about principles what the fuck do you stand for nick cannon i am so disappointed in everything everything that he has turned out to be garbage garbage them them people got rid of you like it was nothing when they did not like something you said, something you did, they shut all your shit down. You gonna go right back? Now, I could be putting the, the cart be, uh, before the horse. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they worked out some different things with ownership and shit like that. But once again, I can't ever put the cart before the horse with this because these still the same people. Is MTV still not owned by a parent company that's still run by the same people in position? The same people that got rid of your ass? So as long as all of them are still there, it wouldn't matter what type of cut you get or you coming back. You a compromised ass nigga. So as soon as I saw it, I was just like, what? 
You can't you the even you thinking you can have me, babe, bitch. You got me fucked up. No, you can't have me. I'm gonna make some more shit. These people. Let's get this shit in order. They asked DC Youngfly if he wanted to be the host of the show. You don't think they've been trying to replace your ass? And you just gonna go right back? And the only reason why DC Youngfly ain't the host is because he said no. Because he felt like he had loyalty to you. Let, let's talk about a real nigga right quick. So, mm-mm, mm-mm. But let's go ahead and see what's up. Nick Cannon may be bringing his hit show Wildin' Out back to MTV after he was fired by Viacom CBS over the summer for making anti-Semitic comments on his podcast. According to Variety, Cannon has been regularly talking to Chris McCarthy, president of Viacom CBS's entertainment and youth group, about returning as the host of the popular improvisational comedy show. Ooh, bitch, that word told me up. We continue to follow Nick's journey, and I'm impressed by how he's owned his mistakes, McCarthy told the outlet. He's been an extended part of our family for almost 20 years and a personal friend of mine for almost half of that. He's leading by example, apologized, and trying to learn to understand and help others do the same. That's the kind of partner we want to work with. So check out the emphasis on he made a mistake, he apologized, and we'll have him. He said he was sorry, and he's leading by example. You, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. It gives me good nigger vibes. Like, it's literally giving me good nigger. Like, he, he acted out. You know, he, he said something that he shouldn't have said. But he's leading by example. He's showing the rest of them what you got to do. You know, he apologized and da-da-da-da-da. It, it, it's just giving me pick-me vibes. Let's continue reading. They said rumors with no regard vibes. <laughs> Who? Who? You want to get blocked like that other hoe? Who you talking to? What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, bitch. Let me tell you something. I don't have enough vitamin C in my system to even play around. Please don't fuck with me. Now let me continue on. Yeah, it's the black part of the day. I'm on go. <laughs> the block is hot. So listen, back in July. <laughs> I'm laughing because I read her comment and then I chuckled. I was like, wait, who's she talking to? That bitch might be talking to me. Hold up. I said, huh. Wait, who you talking to? <laughs> bitch, I'm that slow. But anyway, you good, baby. I'm retarded. Back in July, the masked singer host was dropped by the network after he was accused of making anti-Semitic remarks. He said, our melanin is so powerful and it connects us in a way that the reason why white people fear us is because of the lack that they have of it. When you have a person that has a lack of pigment, the lack of melanin, they know that they'll be or annihilated, I'm sorry. I guess. I don't fucking know. So therefore, however they got the power, they have the lack of compassion. Melanin comes with compassion. Melanin comes with soul. He continued, it's never hate speech. You can't be anti-Semitic when we're the Semitic people. When we're the same people who they want to be, that's our birthright. We are the true Hebrews. Let me be very clear. Go back and listen to my original commentary of this situation with Nick Cannon. The, the thing that um, made me feel away after Nick Cannon apologized, that made me feel like I cannot have respect for you. 
I don't know how y'all feel, but to me, it comes off as blasphemous to sit up and announce who you believe you are and align yourself with your God in that way and come back and say you were wrong. What do you mean? What exactly were you wrong about per what you said, per history, per what we all know to be a fact? Like I said, if they answer, if that's anti-Semitic, then they anti-Nigamitic. Bullshit. No. Anti-Nigamitic. That's what it is. Anti-Nigamitic. I don't know why we got to deal with it. Why we got to deal with it. Okay. What, what would I apologize for? He said, how am I? I'm, I'm some, we said, we said, <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. What he said was, we are the Semitic people. So what's up? Like this, this don't make no sense. This, this really don't make no sense. No. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> Man, hell no! I'm not. I ain't going for that shit. Them niggas ain't about to railroad me. They, what's up with it though? I ain't got no main screen picture. Good God Almighty, what is really going on in the streets? What? That's wild. Can y'all hear me? <laughs> they didn't took my main screen. It's Friday the 13th, and there's some spooky shit going on. Shame on Nick said it's a fool. Sure is. We ain't even gotten into the shit yet. Just naturally clowning off these hoes. All right, you guys. Let's move on. <sighs> Terry McMillan, beloved author, came forward and said that um, the novel will be getting turned into a TV show. Okay. She went on Twitter and said, so waiting to exhale is going to be a TV series produced by Lee Daniels, Attica Locke and Timby Locke are writing. Anthony Hemingway will direct. I lucked out. Okay. Which means let's work for her. I don't think that that was a dig. I'll put it to you like this. There's a part of me that's optimistic because do y'all remember the movie Soul Food? And then Soul Food got turned into a TV series. And it was really good. It was really, really, really good. I loved it. I loved it. But when we talk about Lee Daniels being on it, I'm not interested. Because I've seen his work. And I don't have time for Lee Daniels. And he needs to go write soap operas and shit. Because everything he does got to be so fucking dramatic and, and just... He, he's not complex to me. He's not. Like, he, the TV series that he does, I do not be fucking with him. So, y'all let me know how y'all feel. Y'all let me know how y'all feel. But the idea of it, I didn't immediately feel like, hell no. Because Soul Food was good. But what I will say, if Terry McMillan is going to be more hands off, then that means that they get to turn this shit into whatever the fuck they want to versus what it was. And what it was supposed to be. And your work. So. Whitney ain't here no more. What type. What women are you going to get. To play these women. I'm talking. 
this a different type of fine right here. Who y'all gonna get to play these women? Who gonna get me Angela Bassett? Who gonna get me Whitney? Who gonna get me Loretta? Who gonna get me my bitch in the back? I forgot her name. She fat now. What's her name? La 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 la. What's her name? La 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 la. Leela, Leela. I knew it started with an L. Leela Roshan. Who 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 gonna get me her? Who gonna get me her? So I don't know. I don't know. We will see. But I want everybody to pay attention. These hoes must be out of ideas. Why we can't get something new? Why y'all always gotta reach back and fuck up the classics? Why do y'all be doing that? So I just want people to get more damn creative. Go take a risk. Put out put out something different for us. Y'all could have took the idea. Y'all could have created something inspired by waiting to exhale. I don't, I don't understand why y'all got to turn waiting to exhale in itself into a series. I just, it's just, uh, lackluster vibes, lackluster vibes. They said Issa Rae gave us Insecure. That's what I'm saying. And that's a dope show. So, mm, <laughs> la, 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 la. I want to give a shout out to another dope brand, Cali Couture Creations. Her daughter is celebrating a birthday today. She's going to hit me up later and let me know about a coupon code for you guys so that y'all can get y'all some merchandise. Y'all go ahead and check it out. I go, people are always asking me, where did you get that carry-on bag? Where did you get that purse? Where did you get that notebook? My answer is Calicature Creations. Anything that you can imagine, she can create for you. So it's not just for kids. It's not just for men. It's not just for women. It's for everybody that likes something. And I think that's everybody, right? So if you want to highlight your favorite basketball team, your favorite cartoon character, or that fraternity or sorority that you are in, she can create custom items just for you. We want depictions of our favorite heroes, the people that we look up to. Where are all my 90s babies at? Look at this Susie bag. If y'all want to get this bag or any other of the amazing products, all you have to do is go to CaliCoutureCreations.com. Or you can go to Instagram or Facebook and look up Cali Couture Creations. Do not wait, okay? You do not want to be the last one. And you for sure don't want to be the only one walking around with generic products. Go ahead and get customized with Cali Couture Creations. Sure. Yeah, we, we were sitting up here continuing the conversation on Station Head on Lavish Lane. And so, I agree with the sentiment that they want a guaranteed hit. Uh, Concrete Rose said they want to capitalize off of the nostalgia. They're doing that in that industry, and they're doing that in the music industry. All of these samples. It's easy to get somebody to like a song when you sample a very popular song, because you already like that song any fucking way. So, how much work did you really do? We already fucked with it. And so, same thing with these TV shows, like Grow Up. All these reboots and shit. Reboot the crack of our ass. We don't want no motherfucking reboot, nigga. Reboot your fucking brain. Who is this? Okay. I'm looking at some messages. Like, what, 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 what is this? What is this? <laughs> All right, you guys. I want to get into Labusi. Labusi, I don't know what type of mood he in. He was cussing everybody out. And then he came out talking down on people who was happy that they got a PlayStation 5. It's a lot of people out in the streets upset talking about these niggas standing next to PlayStation 5s, but they ain't standing next to their own house or their own car. And I can understand that, that train of thought, you know, and shit like that. But why y'all can't let nobody enjoy some shit that they bought? And especially when it comes to a PlayStation 5, they don't come out with a new PlayStation every year. It's people that naturally was excited about getting one. 
Because they play that bitch. And here go Lil Booster talking about it, you taking too much time away from everything else, sitting up on the game all day and this and the third. People, who, they don't, just because you got a PlayStation, that don't mean you play the game all damn day. Just because you have, same way you got a TV in your house, but you don't watch TV all damn day. I got a toilet in my house, bitch, I don't shit all day. I could go on all day, but bitch, you get what the fuck I'm saying about all day. Let's be very clear. It ain't a motherfucking thing Booster could tell me about nothing when he let these freak hoes fuck on his children and his um, nephews and shit. He can't tell me about time management. He can't tell me about people have, being happy about a PlayStation sitting outside the house. I don't give a damn what the fuck Lil Booster had to say. Okay, they talking about he was okay with having cucumber parties. Yeah, he, he always okay with some fuck shit, but people doing everyday regular shit, he got a problem. He got to take a stand. And y'all talking about he a real nigga because, yeah, that's right, yeah, men don't play games. Them childish antics. Well, shut the fuck up. You better get your broke ass on a motherfucking game. You know how much, how much money these niggas making playing these games, nigga? Let me tell you like I told my nigga. If you gonna play the game, make some money off the game because that's where the money at. So instead of all these niggas sitting up in, in trap houses all day, Playing 2K for $40 and a sack of weed, a dub, bitch. Y'all could be making y'all some real money. If you know like I know. Hey, Noir. A nigga who can't even keep up with his own medication can't tell me shit. Oh, shit. Ooh. Now that's the one. That's the one. Ooh-wee. Booster, how many times you done have to get on the free app and ask somebody for your diabetes medication? The streets would like to know. That, that's the one now. We ain't got to say shit else. <laughs> that's the one, bitch. That's the one. Now let me move on. Because <laughs> I ain't got to say nothing else. And that's just that on that. So, moving along. Lil Boosie was not, uh, I guess, pleased with the way that Mike Tyson was questioning him about um, the homosexual or uh, homophobic comments that he felt like Lil Boosie made. And so Lil Boosie said that uh, Mike Tyson, the interview in itself was weird. And he, he was saying that, you know, Mike Tyson was a little passionate about um, the comments that I made. And um, I'm not understanding why you weren't as passionate when you were sitting there with Mike. I absolutely already got snowy escape. <laughs> you know that. Interview with Mike Tyson. Before he did the interview with you. Why is JT? Oh, was... wait a minute. I'm being told that JT is mad at the neighborhood talk again. Please send me the information so that we can discuss it. And his family. Oh, I'm going to meet with Boosie. His daughter, <laughs> who uh, is gay herself, was like, oh, you're interviewing Boosie? I am flying down to L.A., to confront him over his alleged homophobic comments. So, you know, putting that in perspective, when I saw the way Tyson was speaking to you, I think that was the battery in his back. It was, it was his child. Let me tell you something. What's your name, QQ? And on what app did you send it to me on? Let me, let me tell you something. Mike Tyson don't need no battery in his motherfucking back. Mike Tyson said what the fuck he wanted to say and he asked the question that he wanted to ask. So, 
all I know is, look, I, really a lot of shit don't matter because that nigga ain't going to sit up in front of Mike and say that shit. Yeah, I'm trying to start shit. When I got there, you know, when I got there, we got the interviewing. Uh-huh. You know, it seemed like he was passionate about that situation. A lot of people were passionate about that situation because of what you said. The same way that you were passionate about what you said. So, I mean, what's the difference? Same way you get up and be passionate. You was passionate about put your puts on live. I'll give you $1,000. So, I mean, what? Like, he was, he kept going back to that situation. You know, and, uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling him, like, you know, like, I don't agree with it. You know, and, uh, but the interview was weird, bro. It, 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 it was weird. Uh, I even went to asking him questions, you know. And uh, well, they took a lot of stuff out the interview. But he was—he seemed like he was passionate about it. And after that, me and his daughter went on interviews. His daughter came and interviewed me. She's like, Dad, I want to interview him. I want to I wanna, I wanna ask him some questions right now. I say, come on, come on. You know, mm. so she got in there. She, uh, she owns something. Let me say what she owns. You know what's going on. I got in the, the JT information world right now. And do you know how many people are committing suicide and dying? So I that's how niggas repeat shit when they don't give a fuck about what somebody said. Nigga. You, you don't care. You didn't have that energy when you were there. And you need to just drop it like it's hot. That's what you need to do, Boosie. And I don't know why y'all give Boosie all that motherfucking credit. And this is my issue. He is detrimental. The shit that he has said and the things that he has done, spearheaded and participated in, they're atrocious. And you got to draw the motherfucking line somewhere. I don't think that we should continue to celebrate Lil Boosie until he clean his motherfucking act up. And I'm from the South and I love Boosie's music. I've never been shy about saying I fuck with Boosie. But after hearing certain things that he said, I cannot rock with that. Why ain't nobody asking him about that shit with his kids? Fuck, fuck the Mike Tyson interview. What happened with your children? Because last we heard, them people was in your life trying to see what was going on. Like, where are y'all priorities at? Y'all the same ones that'll come 10 years from now if one of them little boys come up and say, yeah, this is what Lil Boosie was doing. Lil Boosie so fucked up, cancel Lil Boosie. But y'all knew damn well what was up in real time. The same way y'all knew that R. Kelly was married to Aaliyah. And instead of y'all saying, well, ain't nobody, like, did anybody object? Ain't nobody got no problem with that? Like, do we need to get you away from him? Is everything okay? Because you know that shit ain't legal. Y'all sitting up here clapping like that shit is okay. Nah, all y'all. The way he did Aaliyah was so motherfucking bad. Shut up. Shut up. Like, I'm, I just feel like it's certain shit we shouldn't entertain. Point blank, period. Oh, I know we ain't 47 minutes in. More money, more money, more money. Are you enjoying the show? Then go ahead and drop something in my cash up on my PayPal because this is an independent operation. This channel is funded by the people for the people. So you gonna invest in a nigga or what? That what? Uh-uh. All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into Barack Obama. <laughs> He's been um talking a lot lately. 
He has a memoir coming out. And so first, we'll get into uh, something that he had to say that's coming up in the memoir, and then we'll get into something more political, his thoughts on Trump. Courtesy of TMZ, Barack Obama opens up about how being the president took a toll on his marriage and his upcoming memoir, A Promised Land, okay? So the name of his memoir is A Promised Land. So if I ask any questions about the title of Obama's memoir, nigga, if you were here, then you would have heard it. <laughs> okay. Shout out to T-Serve Code. So let's go ahead and get into what was said. Barack Obama's time in the White House was uh, full of challenges, not the least of which he says was his relationship with the First Lady. The former president opens up about his eight years in office in an upcoming memoir called A Promised Land. And one of his most interesting anecdotes is about how the presidency took a toll on Michelle. Obama says he could sense an undercurrent of tension in her, subtle but constant, despite her own achievements and growing popularity and their roles in America's first as uh, no, and their roles in America's first family amplified all of the stress involved. Barack says it was as if confined as we were within the walls of the White House. All of her previous sources of frustration became more concentrated, more vivid. Whether it was my round-the-clock absorption with work or the way politics exposed our family to scrutiny and attacks or the tendency of even friends and family members to treat her role as secondary in importance. Hmm. He adds that he became wistful, <coughs> excuse me, many nights while he was lying next to Michelle thinking about the time before he was the president. When everything between us felt lighter, when her smile was more constant and our love less encumbered, and my heart would suddenly tighten at the thought that those days might not return. So this excerpt from Obama's 768-page book, which comes out next week, is just one of many interesting topics that he touches on, including his uh, historic 2008 election, racism, and, of course, Donald Trump. Um... They said he said everything but congratulations to Biden for beating his numbers. That's because it didn't happen. Wow. Okay. So what I think is, if you want to go check that book out, go check it out. Um, Michelle has oftentimes spoken on, you know, um, tension and it not being easy within her marriage. I won't say that she got specific, you know, but one can only imagine. Have you seen presidents when they go in versus when they come out? And they look like they've aged, you know, in the fucking dog years. So it, it's not an easy role, you know, to be in. And especially, could you imagine the way that she may have felt? This is the first black president. And like, they giving all this attention, all this love. And she still had to show up and show out. So the name of the memoir is A Promised Land. Okay? So if y'all uh, read it next week when it comes out, let me know how y'all feel about it. Let's go ahead and see what he had to say about Trump. Shout out to the Jasmine brand. Barack Obama slams Donald Trump's election fraud accusations. He doesn't like to lose and never admits loss, okay? So in a new interview with CBS's Scott Pelley, President Barack Obama said of the voter fraud claims from the Trump administration, they appear to be motivated in part because the president doesn't like to lose and he never admits loss. In the days since the election, President Donald Trump has boldly refused to concede the election and prepare for the transition of the Joe Biden administration. Instead, he has reportedly opted to accuse voting officials in various states, particularly battleground states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan, of unsubstantiated voting fraud and demanding that votes in these states not allowed not be not to be allowed to be certified. And so, um, how many people go ahead and raise your hand? 
How many people agree with Barack Obama that Trump is just fucking mad that, um, you know, he lost? And then in true Trump fashion, he can't admit that loss, so he doesn't want to leave. I see some hands. He is a mad orange bitch. Gone. Oh, we do not want you. Bye. He is spiteful as fuck. He always got a problem. He always got something to say. Like, yeah, I agree with all of that shit. I agree with all of that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Hold on, you guys. I got to add something to the lineup. Y'all know we live with it. Shout out to uh, T-Serve Cold. They be on it. And that's one of the things I love most about T-Serve Cold. They just post the news and they be quick about it. Why the fuck is the main screen? Bitch, I'm about to have a problem. Why is the damn screen black? Crack. Is it fucking crack? Like, can somebody help me understand what the fuck the problem is? Every time I come back to this bitch, it's a problem. I'm finna get y'all right. Hold on. Like, this shit really cloning. I didn't realize this how I looked at the damn screen. I'm like, what the fuck? Drama. Bullshit. A headache. Okay, now where did the shit just go? This some Friday shit, dog. This is some Friday the 13th shit. Where, bitch, I don't, I, y'all, I'm telling y'all, I don't know where the fucking screen went. <laughs> Literally, I'm finna gonna have to take a picture of the shit, hold on. I'm finna gonna have to take a picture of the shit, like, what? Let me be on the desktop. Like, this hoe is really fucking tripping. Let's drop a bomb, people. This is the first time it ever did this, <laughs> ever. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know why it's doing it. Like it's really getting on my fucking nerves. But anyway, let's go ahead and get back to the show. So Duchess of Black Ink crew. It's been a long time, you know, since we've had to discuss her because she's been out of the limelight. Now I won't say that that's by choice. I honestly. So, so, so what? It's, hush. I honestly think that if Duchess had it her way, she would still get a particular type of attention. That's just my personal opinion. But a lot of that shit, um, it fizzled out after, you know, she left the show. Because you see Caesar still playing motherfucking tattoo shops so that they could allegedly infect people's skin and give them raggedy ass tattoos. While she's doing what? We don't even fucking know. So she got up and did an interview. <coughs> and this is what I want to say to anybody. And shout out to On Site. I understand that people are going to ask you questions about some shit in the past. Unless you wrote a book or you just revealing that information and that's your goal, you need to be coming and letting them know, I'm not talking about that. I got some new shit to talk about and that's it, that's all. 
And I would sit there and not even answer the question at all if you play with me. Because I told you I wasn't going to talk about this shit. Because the headline says, Black and Crew's Duchess needed therapy after leaving the show. Here we go, talking about the show. I see a comment that says she has her own tattoo shop. That's fine. I said in terms of being um, on the main stage. The type of attention she used to get. She never wanted the limelight. Are we talking about the same Duchess? Cut it out. Cut it out. They said the interview was actually good, Millie. Here's my whole thing. I wish that they would make it, they would be more strict about what they're going to talk about. Because I don't like pulling them back to these spaces. I would really love to hear more about what she's been doing in real time. And positive shit. What kind of taste did you have me on mouth about Duchess, you know, when she was in the news? And on the tail end of that, a whole bunch of negative shit. So I would just like to hear more about, you know, what she got going on now. And even if they tried to slip that question in, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm just, I'm not associated with Black Ink Crew. And I feel like I've heard her say, I don't want nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them, you know? So let's go ahead and take a listen to see what she had to say in terms of her saying that she tried to kill herself seven times. She said she needed therapy after leaving the show, and she tried to kill herself seven times. And I think that's very, very, very heavy. Very heavy. Let's take a listen. Life been like for you um, after the show? Because you left the show in what, 2018? Yep. When 20... I left the show, I went through therapy. Mm. It was necessary. I tried to kill myself seven times. One time. I went through <laughs> so much book. Black people really make me laugh. That nigga act like somebody had a fender bender. I'm sorry to hear that. Nigga, what? <laughs> nigga, what? You know how black people got them, them quick responses? Like, seven times, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Nigga, what? Man. How do y'all feel about hearing that? I tried, she said I tried to kill myself seven times. You know, my granny used to say, if you really want to kill yourself, you be dead. And I'm going to tell you why she used to say that. I'm going to tell you why she used to say that. Because my mama was a manipulator. And my mama would be real quick to throw out some suicide shit. And she'll let her know, girl, I don't want to hear that bullshit. I don't want to hear bullshit. Because if you really want to do it, you would do it. And a lot of shit be for attention. You know, so my granny will be like, just gauge the situation. You know, take the shit seriously. But everybody that say some shit ain't about the same shit. I just say that to say. Duchess, when she was on that damn show, I did not like Duchess. I started off liking Duchess and she turned into this person. Well, I guess she always was that person that I did not like. So when she gets up here and she says this, I, I really, honestly, I take it with a grain of salt. That's her story to tell. I ain't going to tell her she lying, but I ain't going to sit up and say, oh, go on this fucking, uh, what, tirade and say, oh, that's so fucked up, Duchess and da-da-da. Duchess being lied in a New York fucking minute. Yeah, I lost my grandma while I was on the show. I felt so fucked up because I literally hadn't gone home in damn near a year. Oh, good. TMZ reporting about Kalam. telling me I couldn't go to my own grandma's funeral because I had to film, y'all. Wow. 
when they did that, that's when I was like, y'all ain't of God. I can't do this shit. Let's talk about choices. You're not going to tell me I can't go. First of all, you're not going to tell me I can't go where the fuck I want to go. That's one. Number two, you did have a choice. You would have had to pay if you breached your contract. And you ended up leaving the show anyway, so I don't see why that mattered. Um, but you absolutely had a choice. And under no circumstances would I have filmed for Black Ink Crew and not been at a funeral for my fucking grandmother. Absolutely not. So, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Devil is really in this, and I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. They didn't offer to go to the funeral with you. They didn't even let C's go with me to the funeral. Damn. That nigga was like, they telling me if I go, I'm gonna have to forfeit a check. I'm like, y'all can keep that fucking check. I'm going. Whoa! What? So it wasn't that you couldn't go. Y'all didn't want to come out for one funky ass check. Y'all didn't want to come up out for one funky-ass check? Like, help me understand. You know... Let's continue listening. I got you, baby. Yes. So... I, I, I'll just keep it 100 with you. Reality TV... It's, 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 it's... Everybody in this world got some fucked up things with them. Every single last one of us. But for you to have a group of people nitpick on that shit and try to ostracize all of your mm. negativity, that is some fucking fucked up mental health fucking shit. Yeah. Imagine if somebody got to know you and they literally only focus on your flaws. They never tell you nothing good yeah. you do. They never celebrate nothing good you do. How People didn't even know that I went to an HBCU and that I graduated from college. Yeah. How I do you not know that? That's the thing about um, if that's the greatest thing about you, baby, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, y'all kill me with the validation that y'all need. I understand her sentiments. I understand her sentiments in terms of, you know, well, they always highlight negative shit. And they don't even attempt to showcase positive things. I understand that. But every, every chance that you got. To let somebody know that you had went to college so you was better than them, you did. We know you went to school. And in terms of you graduating or going to school, period, and people not knowing that, that just don't nobody give a fuck. If you went to school because that's what you felt like you needed to do, and you graduated at the top of your class, then cheers to you. Why everybody need to know that and praise you about that? Like, brokenness. Easing. That's and the producers knew that. That's the crazy They knew. And they, they, they never got. They never let you. Like you probably said it, but they never let it air. They never aired it. Yeah, that's like that's amazing. They filmed, they filmed me Still. going to get Black Girls Rock Awards. They filmed me going to do women's empowerment events. Mm -hmm. They never used not one of the footage. So when people when people talk about systemic racism, okay, so, so I'm glad that clip was over because I was about to hang it up. All I can say is I think that uh, Duchess is touching on some very important things. I think that anybody um, on reality television should definitely, if you can, in the midst of get therapy, cool. If you can't, I understand. But especially when it's done, you need to go get therapy because it's, excuse me, it's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of manipulation. It's a lot of people stabbing you in the back. I think um, that it's safe to say a lot of people feel caged in. 
like nobody understands them everybody wants to use you know what they say against them all kind of shit so i can imagine it taking its toll and then maybe feeling disconnected you know from everyday people from the life that you used to have trying to understand who you are evolving into understanding who you are in the midst of all of these changes i, I could imagine that that's heavy and then losing people in the midst of that so i think that it's a good thing that she brought it up and please go and watch that full interview um, and hopefully more people feel moved to go and see about themselves because regardless of what we think is true or not, this black woman says that after leaving that show, I tried to take my own life and that environment should not be that toxic to have somebody feel like that's something they would even want to do. And so, um, you know, shout out to her for bringing that up and to anybody that goes and, and sees about themselves after the fact. Let me go ahead and check my messages. When mob gang say, check your messages, baby, I go check my messages. Okay. What is this? Okay, please remind me, Mob Gang. Please remind me, and we'll come back to it. What is this? Aided official. I wouldn't give a fuck if he put on a referee outfit and blew the whistle, bitch. It still ain't official until the actions match up. Y'all don't realize unless you actually call him the shots, it don't matter what you say. All right, little baby's baby mama posted that on her story in the midst of people saying that the baby is back with um, Danny Lee. Danny Lee posted a video with lyrics playing with him rapping about her, and many people are reporting that they're back together. So his baby mama, that wasn't her in the video, but she posted that. So basically, her sentiments are, if that nigga ain't claiming you, and it ain't this and ain't that, then what we talking about? Let's go ahead and get into this. And mirror image of me said, baby said, bitch, you can add him all you want, but I'll be at his house tonight if that's where I want to be. What's understood ain't got to be explained. And y'all do too much explaining. Which baby mama is that? The baby, baby mama. Mirror image of me. Who the fuck is that? Bitch, I'm over here reporting on it and shit. This the baby, baby mama? Oh, he did get another girl pregnant. Is this her? Or am I slow? Yeah, I'm trying to see something. Because we know about Mimi. This the new baby mama? Okay, they say this the new baby mama. Mm, okay. Well, he don't claim her ass. So, what's the deal? Girl, who is you? Oh, Lord. Please, everybody. Keep Lil Vaughn's sister in y'all prayers. She then went on Twitter and said, I'm back on perks. I, oh, who? What type of neighborhood y'all come up in? Well, y'all feel like y'all want to tweet this shit like that out and tell the internet that. I, my heart goes out to her, but help me understand how this don't come off as you just want attention. If you have enough awareness to say I'm back on perks, like that's a problem, like man, I'm back on this shit, then go get help. Go tell somebody that could do something about it. Or do you, what was the point? Because if you don't want no help about it, you just want people to know, why you feel like that's anybody's business? Like, do you want people to feel sorry? Do you want somebody to come say, hey, Kayla, that's fucked up. Please put it down. Like, 
come on. They say she got a son. I'm just trying to understand what the motive is. I'm in, I'm intent-based. Why you put this out here? What do you want me to do with this? As someone who sees this on social media, what, what do you want me to take from this? Like, I, I, can't, I can't stand by that shit. They say that may be a cry for help. Okay, I just want to behoove everyone. Not behoove everyone. I think it would behoove everyone. If you truly want some help, get your ass up off the internet. Is this you trying to come back and explain why you put that man business on the internet yesterday? So I'm not going for the bullshit now, Kayla B. Now, just yesterday, Kayla B was sitting up here putting this man information, name, picture, address to his job, and everything else online. Not today. She on perks. I'm not falling for that bullshit. I'm, I'm really just not falling for that bullshit at all. I'm not falling for it. Like, uh-uh. All right, you guys. Let me tell y'all about this amazing product. Right, you guys that the pink oh the pink unicorn <laughs> said i hate how nowadays everybody um everybody single move makes a person what i hate how nowadays every single move a person makes has to be posted to social media seek help not attention i'm on some other shit i get real just fucked up in my own head when i get sick i need to rest and so i think i'm at the delirious stage of this code Cause words and shit are switching places, bitch. Y'all hear me stuttering and shit? Like I'm out of there. And I'm really I haven't even taken my medicine yet. Cause if I take my medicine, then bitch, I'ma really be loopy. <laughs> so I didn't even take my medicine. That's why I was like, well, I'm drinking on some orange juice for some vitamin C. But shit, okay. You been quarantined? Yeah, it's just a cold. It's just a cold. Regular shit. Little throat ache and stuff like that. Yeah, when you sick, you get dyslexic. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into why Cynthia Bailey is upset with Giselle Bryant. Now, I haven't been talking about um, Potomac or any of these reality shows at great lengths in terms of how I feel, you know, about the situation. But I absolutely be seeing the shit that be going on. Let me say this. I love Karen Huger. Why do I love Karen Huger? Because I am attracted to boss ass bitches, boss bitch energy. I, like always, I love me a boss bitch. And to be a boss bitch, you gotta have a certain type of edge to you. And so, even when a, a boss bitch is being bitchy, they don't always turn me off. You know what I'm saying? Because some you gotta get hard like that on a hoe. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. So I absolutely love Karen Huger, but I will acknowledge she meant her bullshit. <laughs> uh, but I, I love her anyway. Giselle is a green-eyed fool. Green with envy and everything else. Her eyes are the right color. She's a soulful bitch. She's a hateful, bitter bitch. Uh, I'm glad that Robin is starting to, you know, understand that she has a spine. And she can sit the fuck up and say something. 
with her pussy fat ass. But Giselle gets on my goddamn nerves. I saw the conversation that they had at the table. And in case you don't know, the women asked Giselle, why we don't never see you with Jamal? But Jamal don't have to be with y'all. He, he ain't dating y'all. He ain't uh, all these excuses. And like Karen told her ass, if it was anybody else, you would be all up in their business trying to figure out where they man at. But we'll never see your man. And Karen told that whole right. A man that's proud of his woman shows her off. Oh! <laughs> now, if that wasn't a word, I don't know what is. And she was absolutely right. Giselle be giving everybody else hell. So why can't nobody see your nigga ask you a question? And what really made it stick was the fact that Robin came back and she said, well, bitch, uh, you do be in other people's business asking about that nigga. So it's only fair. We share our men with everybody else. Our men come on trips and come and talking shit. So that's what they saying. And you could have bought Giselle for 50 fucking cents, bitch. And somebody probably didn't did it before. Because you know how they hold you down. But you probably could have bought that hell for 50 cents when Robin stood up and finally said something. So, bitch, I was happy about that. Now, fast forward. Why is Cynthia Bailey pissed off with her? They didn't give me a timestamp, so I'm going to read the correspondence to you. So, word on the street. And I want to give a shout out to... Hold on. Let me go see what his name is. Needed to overcome emotional eating and stress. So, DJ Richie Sky. He had a conversation with Karen Huger. And you can check out that full interview on YouTube, okay? DJ Richie Sky. And let me show it to you on the screen. But because I don't have a timestamp, that's why I'm going to tell you what happened, okay? So what happened was, whew, Cynthia Bailey had her wedding, right? And so Giselle took her ass to watch what happens live. And she was telling Andy that she had to leave because she was uncomfortable. So this bitch going to say, and this is Giselle to Andy. I was nervous too when it first started, as in the wedding. Absolutely everybody had either a shield or a mask on. But then people started eating and drinking, and that's when it was chaos a little bit. Okay, that's what she told Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live. So Karen Huger, in that interview with DJ Richie Sky, she said Karen Huger uh, talked to Cynthia. And she says that the Real Housewives of Atlanta star didn't care for Giselle's comments. She says that Giselle asked, lied. Okay, that's what was said. So what Karen said was, and this is what you'll find in DJ Richie Sky interview, this exclusive uh, soundbite. I do question Giselle's motives now. Why was she there? So I went a little further with Cynthia Bailey. And Cynthia was, of course, was not happy about the comments that Giselle had made. But she shared something with me that I find striking. Because when Giselle was on Watch What Happens Live, Andy Cohen asked her, and she said, I left because I didn't feel safe. And Andy said, oh, you going back to the hotel? And that's when Giselle said, yeah, I had to go back to my uh, hotel. Andy said, oh, so you could be with Jamal? And she said, uh, allegedly. And then Andy said, oh, my God, why does it have to be allegedly? Y'all grown. And that's when Giselle said, okay, Andy, okay, I'm going back to the hotel to be with Jamal. Now, here go the tea. When Karen was sitting up there talking to Richie Sky. She said, well, that was a lie, to be honest, because Cynthia Bailey got a phone call from Giselle three days before the wedding, and Giselle had already told her that uh, Jamal ass was not going to be there. Girl, I know you fucking lying. 
Don't Jamal got a house in Atlanta? Why you in the hotel in Atlanta? Shout out to Champagne Baby. What? What? So why are you lying? So what the hell is really going on with Giselle and Jamal? A whole bunch of bullshit with her lying ass. This is an Instagram live video. Let's check it out. Hey, hey, hey. Girl, you even talk tech you. Okay, 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 okay. What's up? They talking about they got the Jamal got the real first lady How in the house. How y'all feeling? What, 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 what the party at? What? Um, hi, 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 hi. What the party? How they gonna attack my girl Robin? Like, what's that about? Oh my gosh! Y'all better leave Robin alone. Um, we're real fake Brit. Hi, 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 hi. Let's see you. African name 71. How you feeling? How you feeling? Okay. So why 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 they coming for my girl Robin? Like, leave Robin alone. Like, she doesn't bother anybody. She doesn't she minds her bit. Robin is a grown ass woman. And uh if 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 Robin got something to say, then she she could say something. I'm being told by Malika to go see what Asian Queen Vaughn. I'm sorry. Let me go see what Queen Vaughn said, child. Oh Lord. So thirty eight minutes ago, Asian the brat said, When I be when I begged Vaughn to take me to Hawaii, he didn't want to go, but I wanted to go so bad. And at the time he was on house arrest. So he made up a fake show and a flyer acting like he got booked in Hawaii for my birthday. My motherfucking ride or die for real. You know what my problem with that is? If somebody else came and said some shit like that, which that's some bogus forgetty shit. That he ain't alive no more, so it don't matter. But it could have got him hemmed up. Y'all would call him a, a snitch-ass bitch. So I'm I'm not understanding why she felt like she needed to get up and say something like that. Like, that's some lame shit. She said, we landed in Hawaii at like 11 p.m. Soon we land, me and him fighting because I got mad. He wasn't excited enough to be in Hawaii. Bro, I started crying so hard on the second plane. Then we get to the house. My dumb ass didn't know how to check in. So Vaughn climbed through them people's window to unlock the door. We were so scared. We was chilling thinking about what we was finna eat. A shadow came across the door. We both saw it. Vaughn said, hell no. This nigga grabbed a knife. Then gonna look at me like, where yours at? Nobody can make me and Kayla cry. But Vaughn. But Kayla has it worse. If Vaughn even held at Kayla, I guess yelled is what she meant to say, she cried. See me, I'ma talk shit until I get beat up. Even afterwards, I'll be like, so what I lost? I ain't tripping. Asian Debrett, let's highlight this tweet. I know damn well you ain't sat up here and told everybody that that nigga was whooping your ass. Girl, are you kidding me? And then she's glamorizing this shit. And look at somebody talking about, and Kayla watched him do it. Look what somebody said when he bit your face. Kayla was minding her business when he bit you. She ain't want no parts. And y'all acting like this shit is okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
This girl is a fucking joke. That, that's not player at all. That's a hoe that want attention. She feel like somebody to even be associated with him. I can tell you what type of bitch she is. She the type of bitch that was not in the field for real. And then she got with a nigga that was. It make her feel, it make her feel important. Girl, no, no. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. I, I ain't even, I ain't even going for it. You can spot them hoes from a mile away with the dumb shit they be saying. All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into T-Serve code. Shout out to you guys. Tiger. Now, y'all know I fuck with Tiger, and he is such a nigga's nigga. What do I mean by that? Well, Tiger, according to page six, has been sued for more than $200,000 in unpaid rent and damages, okay? And so, let's go ahead and check that out. There's no Kylie Jenner to get him out of trouble this time. It, shit, yes it is, if he asks her. You think, you think he can't go to her? You a damn fool. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were still fucking today. Probably fucked last night. I, I don't think Kylie ever left that nigga alone. I really don't. But anyway, Tyga is being sued by his landlord for $200,000 for failure to pay rent and damaging the home that he lived in for about a year. And legal documents, which were obtained by TMZ, the landlord claims that the Rack City rapper, who's 30 years old, owes him $32,000 in unpaid rent and another $28,000 for um, gouges, I guess, to the white oak flooring, $15,500 for issues with the marble flooring and counters, and about $103,000 for the damaged wallpaper and the murals that they had in the house. The landlord also claims that Tiger installed a basketball hoop in the driveway, which caused damage and changed the locks on the house, both without his authorization. Tiger's landlord claimed that he tried to settle the dispute in May through mediation, but Tiger allegedly wouldn't engage. Now he's suing for breach of contract, and he's asking for more than $200,000 in damages. That's, that. That's why he got a fucking OnlyFans. Let me tell you something. Tiger continues to make records. I don't know what type of deal he has, but Tiger be working. You're not going to tell me that Tiger is broke. There's a part of me that believes that Tiger does not like to pay bills. That's why I called him a nigga's nigga. He reminds me of, you know, people like me that wait till the bill about to be due and they, they threaten to cut it off before I pay it. I, I, I don't know why I do that. Because my granny did that. <laughs> if it ain't got a hue, it ain't due. Why pay it on time? They could wait. Shit. Fuck them. That, that's how I feel about bills. And I be having the money. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. I pay it when I pay it. You don't tell me when a motherfucking bill do, bitch. Y'all, bitch, who, who? Y'all don't tell me when no motherfucking bill do, ho. I pay you when I get ready to pay you. Yeah, that's how this shit go. <laughs> but anyway, don't take that advice. Look, little baby said be messing up your credit. But anyway, okay? Yo, fuck that bill. But he strikes me as that type of person. Now, the difference is I'm not finna let no bill slip. And actually, to be honest, I'm getting out of that habit. Uh, all my shit on auto pay. No bullshit. I, I don't even be worried. I, I got too much shit going on to remember when the fuck a bill is due. Take it out the account. Straight like that. I don't like auto pay because I've been burned by auto pay. And anybody that's ever used it, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But I used to have that shit really, really bad. Where it would be like, okay, well, it ain't due yet. So who cares? But now my husband and I are just much more responsible in that way. Breaking all of them bad habits that we were raised with. And so, um, you have to make better decisions. So, y'all, like I said, um, I don't understand how shit like this gets this far. That he just outright does not pay it. 
Why do you sit up and wait until somebody is trying to get all this money out of you knowing that you did what they're accusing you of? Like, I don't understand. And I think it's an, it's an arrogance that comes with, um, you know, people. And it's, it tells me a lot about his character to sit up and continue to go into deals telling people that he's going to hold up his end of the bargain, but he doesn't. I don't like that shit. I don't like that. And I don't like people who don't do what they say they're going to do. Little baby said, give me a um, subscription. I, I, I can do that, right? See, I don't know how to do that shit. I'll give it to you. Don't ever be scared to, um, you know, ask for what you want. But I don't, I don't understand why he lets it get that far. And then, let me show you how arrogant he is. Shout out to Celebs Love Nicki Minaj. Are y'all voting for Nicki Minaj for them AMAs? Huh? Get to it. Do not forget to vote. It's called Celebs Love Nicki Minaj, the backup page. So Tyga posted this on his social media. He said, they said I can't pay my rent. Guess I'll just sleep outside. So he got a grill on. He outside with four quote-unquote exotic bitches that's ready to suck his dick and lick his asshole two ways from Sunday. And he said he don't care. He, he owns to somebody else's property, damaging the fuck out of that, okay? That, that's what the hell he's doing. <coughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. That's on, them hoes got white tongues. That's what I'm talking about. It's a thrush, yeasty type of situation. Wow. So look, you guys. I love shit like this. I'm going to just show it to y'all because I want to see myself. So this man turned his bathroom, you know, into an oasis after watching a YouTube video. He had no experience. So before, this is what the bathroom looked like. Okay. After. Look at this shit. Bitch. You better fuck it up. Let me tell you something. Anything that you need is on YouTube. Anything that you need. And so I think that everyone should understand, you know, um, how to do things. Everybody should understand how to do shit. And so I have no issues with that. I think that that's amazing. I need to show y'all something because I don't know what the problem.